Today's guest is Gotan, who is the managing director, managing partner, or co-founder of True North Search, the premier entrepreneurship through acquisition accelerator in Northern Europe. He has a long background in facilitating M&A transactions and operational improvements for private equity, portfolio companies, Fortune 500 firms, and SMEs. In addition to his work at True North Search, he is a professor of practice at Aalto University in Finland, where he also teaches masters and MBA level courses in operational management. And we will be discussing entrepreneurship through acquisition. I am Tony Wood from CEO Collaborative Forum, and that's here, CEO Reflex. Goten, a very warm welcome. Thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and now I I know that we we saw each other in Helsinki almost um, over a month ago, and so we, we talked about um, what you were doing at this entrepreneurship through acquisition, and it's a really interesting model. And I, I wanted to invite you on here just to let people know how it works because it's been incredibly successful for you. How how does it work? Sure. Yeah, happy to happy to uh, tell you a little bit about the model. So entrepreneurship through acquisition or ETA uh, for short, it's an alternative form of entrepreneurship. It's basically for individuals uh, who might not have uh, a unicorn idea, uh, but they do have the desire to still become an entrepreneur. Um, this model was first developed by a gentleman named Irv Grossbeck uh, in 1984 during his time teaching uh, MBAs at both Harvard and Stanford Business Schools. And basically the way the model works is an aspiring entrepreneur searches for, acquires, operates, and grows an established small, medium enterprise. Um, the capital for the acquisition is provided by third-party investors while the entrepreneur operator transitions to the CEO role and retains a significant equity share in the business. And it essentially encompasses four main steps. The first step is really around the catalyzation and mobilization of the search effort. And here the entrepreneur uh, formulates his or her own search strategy. They identify potential industries and geographies of interest. They set up their specific investment criteria to screen acquisition opportunities. Uh, they have a detailed timeline with expected completion of specific activities. They put together a high-level financial model showing potential investment returns. Um, they also do the legal entity and administration setup. Okay. And typically the deliverable at that stage is a private placement memorandum or PPM for short that would be sent out to potential search fund investors who would buy units of the search to essentially fund the runway uh, for the search. Because it typically takes anywhere between 18 to 36 months to actually find a, uh, a good business. Um, the next stage is really the search and acquire phase. And here... The, the entrepreneur will screen potential targets against his or her own investment criteria. They'll meet with sellers. Uh, they'll conduct due diligence. Um, they'll arrange the financing and negotiate the purchase price. And this will eventually lead to acquiring the target. And that will take typically anywhere between, let's say, 
12 to 36 months, depending on the efficiency of the search process. Oh my goodness. So, so basically, um, someone will come connect with you. They'll figure out, I really want to do X, Y, or Z. And then mm -hmm. you'll help them. Or the idea is that they then get help to find the business that they want to, um, to buy or to run. And then they go out and you help them find it. That sounds really cool. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, you should go and find a business, but I don't have an idea or I don't know people. Is this, yeah. is that the target market for it? Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, not all of us have the desire to start a business from scratch. It is yeah. very difficult. It's risky. Um, so this offers really an alternative career trajectory for folks that uh, want to pursue entrepreneurship, but don't want to take, let's say, the risk. Um, and one thing about the ETA model is, you know, if you look at a, a horse racing analogy, right, there's three principles. There's the jockey, which is yeah. the entrepreneur, right? And he or she will basically go through this process, which they'll search for, acquire, and then operate and grow, and potentially exit a business if they choose, so choose. Then there's, there's the horse, which is the actual target. And these are, let's say, lower middle market, small, medium enterprises. So two to 25 million in enterprise value. And these are, let's say, profitable businesses. They have a good free cash flow, uh, track record of positive uh, profitability. So we don't do distressed asset investing or turnaround. These are healthy businesses. And the, and the beautiful thing is that they already have a customer base, right? Um, they already have a business model. Because if you look at startups, they're actually searching for a business model. Whereas these companies, they can be 20, 30, some cases, 40 years old. They have an established business model and the founder operator may be retiring, could be a second generation business okay. as well. And they're kind of looking for somebody to be a, a steward for their legacy moving forward. That's, that's really interesting. So how does, so is this how this differs from traditional venture capital and angel investing where the business wants to find someone but wants to do it in a different way and they've had to rely on just luck up until now right yes pretty much it, it's quite different from the traditional venture early stage process you know where you come up with an idea you build a prototype you launch a product you commercialize and scale it um this is inherently risky as as you know there's a high yeah. probability of failure uh i think the old adage was uh nine out of ten startups fail i would say that's even higher than that um, and really, if you're investing in that asset class, the majority of investors uh, will lose their capital. So that game of venture capital, you're, you're betting on one unicorn out of, yeah. let's say, many failures. Alternatively, with the ETA or entrepreneurship through acquisition model, and I'm going to throw some statistics at you just to kind of, you know, put some color into it. 67% um, of searchers will successfully acquire a business. Okay. Nice. And okay. out of that, out of that, approximately 89% will realize net uh, gains for their investors, uh, while only 11% will result in a loss. So there is inherently a margin of safety of investing in this alternative asset class versus, for example, angel investing or venture capital. So that's interesting. You talk about the investors. What so people who are investing in the the CEO and also in this company? What what can they expect from returns from this? I mean, why would they do this as opposed to um, other standard 
environments. I suppose that's two questions there. Yeah. So, I mean, based on the research from Stanford University, um, since 1996, traditional search fund ETA investments um, have yielded slightly above 33% IRR internal rate of return um, and 5.2x multiple on invested capital. So if you look, for example, at um, the angel or venture capital or even traditional private equity buyout firms, it's almost 2x. Um, You know, I think... Angel uh, and startup venture capital, traditional ones, um, it's around 18, 18%. Um, private equity, traditional uh, buyout funds, it's around 14%. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, a gem or a diamond that, that may, not many investors know about. It is gaining in popularity, uh, you know, especially in the U.S., but you know, in Europe, um, it's not so well known. It's it's starting to gain some traction, but um, the, the the returns are, are are really great. And and if you look at financial theory, uh, you know, risk and and and, and reward, uh, they're kind of inversely uh, correlated. Whereas in this model, there is a margin of safety, right? Um, but the but the actual returns are actually really attractive. So in, in that sense, it, it kind of um, goes against conventional wisdom in, in, in the financial world. That's, it's a really smart idea. So, I mean, so when, when you came up with this idea, True North Search, how do, they, how do you add value to the entrepreneur or to the business in this process? Sure. sure. So um, maybe firstly, we, we didn't come up with this model. What we've, what we've essentially done- Oh, you're a smart man. Come on. <laughs> We're not that creative, Tony. We won't tell uh, anyone. (laughs) Essentially, what we've done is we've taken this model that's been around for, you know, since since the mid 80s. Right. And we we've taken it and we've implemented it in a new geography, which is northern Europe. Uh, We're based out of the Nordics, based out of Helsinki, Finland, as you know. Uh, But we we're currently um, in multiple countries in the Nordics. So Finland, Denmark, Norway, Estonia as well as the UK, and we also uh, entered the Benelux, so Belgium and, and Netherlands, we have searchers there. And what we do is we very much are intimately um, engaged with these searchers, right? So we work throughout the whole deal life cycle or whole ETA life cycle. So this is from actually catalyzing and mobilizing the search to the actual search stage, where they'll actually screen potential targets, you know, anywhere between 300 to 1,000 potential That's targets. Um, we'll, we, we have a centralized uh, customer relationship management. We have proprietary uh, financial and operational modeling tools. And we act as a sparring partner um, throughout. And we have a community, right, similar to CEOCF, where we, you know, we have a community where, um, uh, searchers who do this, we've heard um, from multiple searchers around the world saying that this is a very lonely endeavor um, if you do it by yourself. And so we offer kind of a a mechanism and support where if, for example, a deal does not go through, this can be an emotional roller coaster, right? So you're working very hard for three to six months and... Uh, yeah, the deal doesn't go through. We offer a community that kind of helps 
pick up the searcher and say, hey, dust yourself off, get back on the horse. Um, and we leverage the collective intelligence of our of our peer, peers as well as the cohorts. Uh, so typically we'll run one to two cohorts per year, and there'll be some very smart, intelligent people uh, that are also undergoing and engaging in this process because this is a long game right yeah. um so as mentioned you know it's 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 12 to 36 months for the search and then when you operate and grow and this is when you actually um turn into transition from the searcher into the ceo role that's anywhere between a five to seven uh year period where you're actually creating value through the operations improvement the revenue growth uh, initiatives also during the multiple expansion. So if you're if you're actually buying at a multiple of let's say four or five times EBITDA, at the end of that period of let's say seven years, you wanna you wanna sell let's say for six to seven, right? So you get that multiple expansion uh, possibility. Um, and so what we do is we are really engaged with the searcher, then the CEO, throughout that life cycle. Um, and typically what we do is we may have a governance perspective as a, as a member of their board of directors to help them along post-acquisition. Um, so there are a lot of things that we add value in. And I would say the last thing that we do is that uh, we are operators at heart. So we have a rich operational heritage. Uh, so my, myself, I come from an operations background, as you know. Yeah, enough to moan heart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and I've gone down this uh, path myself as an acquisition right. entrepreneur. So okay. it is a very simple process, but it is not easy. So, um, you know, knowing uh, what it entails, yeah. providing and disseminating knowledge and insights. Uh, so these folks don't make the same mistakes I have or previous uh, searchers have. I mean, I, I must admit, having talked to you for, for for now over, you know, for a period of time, it you, you do have that that body of knowledge and that great experience to actually help people. And it, I think, you know, for people who are thinking about, should I do it or shouldn't I do it? If, even if you're seasoned, it's nice to have that, that support and that experience around you. So, because we haven't all had all experiences and all the issues. So you're able to, to really help them like move forward. And so if someone were thinking about saying, after listening to this um, podcast, and I went, God, my goodness, this is exactly what I want. What advice would you give them to, to kind of start this journey? You know, because you said, that, you know, they start off as a searcher and they need to build their plan of what they want, but maybe they're operationally mindseted. Um, or maybe they do have an idea and they just want to take another business and then grow it to that next level. What advice, how would they, what would they do in the next 24 hours to make this dream a reality, Gautam? Yeah, I would say that it requires very deep introspection and reflection. Um, so we often ask this when we interview and we vet uh, potential uh, candidates that want to get into our program. Um, the way the model works in Europe is different than, for example, in the U.S. Because the U.S., they'll take a, a hotshot MBA who may be, let's say, early 30s to mid 30s. In Europe, 
we're slightly more conservative. So typically what we look for is somebody, you know, with an MBA with at least 10 years of experience um, because, you know, sellers of these SMEs, you know, they look for, let's say, a little bit of age and a little bit of experience under their belt. Okay. But even then, I, I, to, 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 to your question, I would say it, it requires a lot of reflection. Is this something that they really want to uh, get into? Because this is the long game. Um, okay. You'll be spending anywhere between, let's say, seven to 10 years of your life. So this yeah. is a career trajectory. And typically what we see is that folks that have been, let's say, either in uh, investment banking or private equity or management consultancy, they'll say, hey, this is great because, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And, uh, you know, uh, I just don't know how to kind of go because I've never done a deal before. Right. Or because everybody has blind spots. Right. So. Yes you know, working with these folks to understand what their strengths, weaknesses are, because everybody that goes into this is is pretty smart. Um, They're actually brilliant. But then they may (laughs) they may have a blind spot or they may have a weakness, for example, uh, with people. Right. For example, they may be socially awkward or they don't have the necessary gravitas or executive presence uh, to kind of go into that leadership role. So, for example, at CEO CF, Um, You're dealing with CEOs. So, you know, do people have that ability to transition from a corporate job, blue chip company into, let's say, a lower middle market Mm. CEO role? Uh, That's that's kind of a big transition because you're not going to have that army of people Uh, that is going to be backing you up. And you know this, Tony, being an entrepreneur yourself, that you know you have to wear a lot of different hats. There may not be a middle management layer. Um, so Thank it goodness. Fun- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fundamentally different. There could be obstacles. Not yeah. saying that they, don't, they can't grow into that role, but Absolutely. it is fundamentally different from, let's but, say, but going... It- from- yeah, yeah, but it's your, your ability to take this business, and there's no reason why it couldn't fly. I mean... A lot of businesses, I know a lot of people want to flip things around in a year or two, but actually getting into a business um, and staying in it for maybe, you know, seven, nine years really enables you to know that space. It really enables you to to understand what you're doing. So I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are interested. The the one thing I'm, I'm really interested in right now is you said there's this differential between the US and Europe where... Um, the U.S. is more willing to to take to to see um, age as a benefit rather than a you know being too young or too old as as a problem. How mm-hmm. could we change in Europe or to 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 address that or to to give young entrepreneurs a chance of starting these? Um, what what could we do? I, I think it's a function of let's say the traction of the model right Right. so um it has been around in the since the mid 80s as we discussed in the us was uh simon webster uh from the uk he's he's a lecturer at london business school um and that was in the let's say late 90s if i'm not mistaken so as the model starts to gain traction we may see that age Okay. 
go down a bit. Um, and and it's not only the 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 the, the, the sellers that 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 we have to educate because what we've done at True North Search is during the last four years of operation we've really had to evangelize the model with investors, Good with potential searchers. Um, yeah, and it was it was a lot of work that we had to do because they're uh, like, well, you know, is this like a startup? Is this you know? No, it's not. I mean, and and I think one of the beauties of this model is that you're starting with a good business, yeah. right? So there's a track record of profitability. Um, you know, we usually look for businesses with recurring revenues. Yeah. Uh, so the revenue model is solid. A um, business that makes money. Really? A business. Wow, money, that's right. They're out there. <laughs> that's, that's right. And and you know, again, there's there's. There's other factors, low customer yep. concentration. So, you know, no one customer is making up the majority of the revenue uh, base. Um, so there's a lot of, let's say, criteria that we look for uh, within these business. So part of that is the screening process uh, and the and part of the deal sourcing that we look at. Good. To, look, this is amazing. This sounds exactly perfect for, for what we need in Europe right now more power to your elbow um i just want everybody to know that there's an out an outlet there if you don't if you don't if you're not the idea person but you're an operation person you can go and get an idea that's relatively safe because it makes money and then you can maybe take that business and those employees to the next level and add your uniqueness this sounds amazing thank you so much for taking the time to to join us and talk through it um it's been amazing thank you so much good time it's my pleasure, Tony. It's uh, always great to see you and, uh, and, and really love the community at CELCF. Take care, my friend. Take care, Tony.